Hey guys, it's Graham. Due to a technical issue, we actually lost the intro to this episode. It was a really good intro too. I uh, discussed the impact that Bruce Lee had on martial arts cinema and cinema in general. And I uh, talked about his death and it basically made everyone in the room cry. All of you listening would have been crying as well. Um, And then it would lead into the film we're watching tonight, They Call Me Bruce. Uh, Unfortunately, it's lost, so we're going to join the conversation already in progress, and hope you enjoy. Bye. There's a movie that you've never seen. The map is some ninjas or a crazy death machine. There'll be smiles, there'll be tears. You won't watch a movie for about eight billion years. It's time for death by video. Time for death by video. And now the show will begin. He said it like a like a Scooby Doo type thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bruce. Bruce. Yeah. Do you remember that he forgot something while he was talking? Yeah, so it's it's a very interesting film. I'm a big fan of it, <coughs> um, and it's just it's just it's just a weird film because it's not really Bruce exploitation because they're not trying to say this guy's Bruce Lee or it's a forgotten Bruce Lee film. It's and it's also the guys from Korea. Um, so uh, I'll tell you a little bit about the film before we get into everything that we talk. We're yeah, going to talk did about. It come out. 1982. And it was directed by who? Uh, well, I'm getting into it. It was directed by Elliot Hong. That's that's. Thank you, Lillian. That was a good lead into the, my first note. I'm seriously curious, you know, like. Interessante. <laughs> so it was directed by Elliot Hong, who also directed the. His first film was the 1972 film, the a documentary, The Tears of Buddha. He then directed two martial arts films, Kill the Go- Golden. Gl- I can't talk for anymore. I can't. I can't even speak correctly. Kill the Golden Goose, and the Retrievers. Um, and then after uh, uh, They Call Me Bruce in 1983 he directed the South Korean TV movie From Seoul spelled S-E-O-U-L with Seoul spelled S-O-U-L which was about family separated by the Korean War then after From Seoul with Seoul was he basically had a 23 year gap in his filmmaking he returned in 2006 with the Christian based drama The Rose of Sharon it is about a Christian Korean woman who uh, runs a, a flower shop who meets a Jewish lawyer and together they explore the different their different faiths. It was specifically made for the Korean Christian market. Apparently, it's incredibly well received by the uh, Korean Christian market. It played a lot of Korean churches and uh, got a lot of good uh, good responses. And then that's pretty much it for him since then. The film stars Johnny Yoon. Uh, his first credit is actually in the original kung fu television series starring david carradine ah. he appeared in other tv shows from the 70s such as mash as a korean interpreter the love boat and kojak uh he appeared in the films meteor with sean connery the cannonball run nothing in common and gidget's summer vacation in addition to being the star of they call me bruce he actually wrote the script um the, the film is actually very loosely based on his experiences as an asian uh, actor in hollywood who didn't do martial arts he also starred in the film and oh sorry he also starred in that's quite impressive those shows that he's been on even if it's like a bit part or whatever his part wasn't in it's pretty impressive yeah and i'm leaving out a lot of credits too so he's done like a lot of stuff hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. um he also wrote and starred in and co-directed the sequel to they call me bruce they still call me bruce from 1987 <laughs> which everyone says is not nearly as good and actually isn't really related to the first one <clears throat> the film also stars the late Margot Hemingway, 
as ah. the character Carmen, who is sort of a love interest for the main character. Margot Hemingway, of course, was the granddaughter of writer Ernest Hemingway and the sister of actress Mariel Hemingway. Um, she was a, uh, a successful supermodel in the 1970s, appearing on the covers. Hmm? Well, I was, which one was in Manhattan? Mariel. Ah. Yeah, sorry. She uh, appeared on the covers of several uh, magazines, Cosmopolitan, L. Harper's Bazaar, Vogue, and Time magazine. Um, she parlayed this into an acting career, however, it never reached the level of her sister, and she suffered from depression and alcoholism as the 80s continued. Uh, she passed away from a drug overdose in 1996 at the young age of 42. It's a very sad story, because as you'll see from this film and some of the other films that I've seen her in, like Killer Fish, or um, there was a science fiction film that she was in at the end in 1991, she's got a great personality and a great screen presence. Um, oddly enough, probably the most well-known actor in the film is Ralph um, Morrow, who plays the gangster lackey uh, Freddy in the film. He was in the television programs, okay, get ready for it, Hell Street Blues, Cheers, Murder, She Wrote, Perfect Strangers, The Golden Girls, Full House, Saved by the Bell, Night Court, where he played the character of Bum with Rat in six episodes, Jake and the Fat Man, Melrose Place, Seinfeld, Family Matters, Hang Time, yes, Hang Time, the Saved by the Bell clone about a team of... Uh, basketball players yep right for the for those of us not in the room i just mimicked uh, doing a, a free throw like with one hand though yeah. like a one-handed, one-handed like yeah. three-pointer yeah lob pass i guess yeah um he also appeared more recently in pushing daisies desperate housewives and most recently the mentalist so that's kind of all the background that we need about this film the king of tgif yeah he, yeah, he hit all the big ones yeah he hit hang time uh, Save by the Bell. The, the big ones. Although Hang Time, that was... I vaguely remember Sorry, sorry, sorry. Hang Time was a, was a TNBC show. That was I a, remember with Hanging hangin with Mr. Cooper, I remember. Yeah. I don't remember was, Hang Time. Hanging with Mr. Cooper was a TGIF show. Okay. Hang Time was a TNBC show. So that was like the Saturday morning block of NBC mm, yeah. shows like Save by the Bell, California Dreams, um, City Guys, the urban Save by the Bell, which actually featured ethnic characters. Do not remember. You don't remember song, City no. Guys? Oh, wow. As opposed to just Lisa Turtle as, like, the token person of color. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to also say that. <laughs> Come to Lisa Turtle's defense. Yeah. It's funny. Actually, this week, a um, someone wrote a script for an episode of Saved by the Bell that tied together the Tory paradox. Oh, yes. Yeah, the one season it gets, where Tiffany Amber Thiessen was not, not even on the one show. season. Uh, Tiffany Amber Thiessen and uh, who was Jesse Spano? Elizabeth, Elizabeth Berkeley. Berkeley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was it was six episodes where they just had a contract dispute where like they finished the season, shot the season series finale, but then they wanted six more episodes and they were like Elizabeth Berkeley was off doing Showgirls and Tiffany Amber Thiessen was off on Melrose Place so they couldn't come back to do it so they hired this Tiffany Amber Thiessen was on 90210. Oh sorry 90210 again. I, this same thing. Come on. No, man. it's not. <laughs> Spin off. Oh, I have a funny story about her. R.I.P. Luke Perry, by the way. Uh, Thank you. One time, <laughs> me, my sister, and her best friend, we were. At Kensington Market, looking at stuff. This was years ago. And who was there? Valerie. Or Kelly. Oh, Kelly, snap. Valerie. Yeah. Tiffany. Amber Thiessen. I remember this. Yeah. And she was there in Kensington, and uh, she was checking something out. And uh, my my sister's friend was like, oh, my God. Are you, are you Kelly? She's like, Yeah. And then she just kind of kept going and looking at her stuff. She's kind of like done with it. We're like, oh my god! <laughs> Still okay. it's, it's pretty amazing how like I'm guessing this was like late '90s, early 2000s. 
Probably mid nineties. Mid. Mid nineties. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So at that mid-90s. point, she was probably trying to run as far away from Saved by the Bell as possible. Whereas now, like she's, you know, they're all doing reunions Didn't on she, Jimmy uh, Kimmel. Did she not pop up in the college years? Yeah, like, she, she came. No, she came back because when the college years just focused on Screech, Zach, and Slater, everyone's like, "Where's the girls?" Because they were off doing like other stuff, and so then she came back, and then that led to the Wedding in Vegas uh, TV oh, movie. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Which is where Mr. Belding came in for a quick cameo. Well, I don't remember if um, my friend said, um, are you Kelly or are you Valerie or are you Tiffany? I can't remember what it was. But anyway, we she we spotted her and she was all like, yeah, next. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Too cool for school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, she's getting that 90210 money. It's all good. Maybe she had a bad day. Who knows? I always remember Say by the Bell, the college years theme song ends with uh, with this quote, because I'm standing on the edge of tomorrow, today, today, today. <laughs> yeah, interesting. That was a, a quick run of Say by the Bell. Uh, I. It's funny that Heming, there's a Hemingway in this film because I watched a movie with a Heming, an offspring Hemingway, Heming, or someone from the Hemingway Heming family. Person. Yeah, away. <laughs> Which one? A hemming. Um, yeah, so I, I am trying to remember what uh, what the movie was called, but hopefully it'll... Uh, it'll, it'll come to you? Was it Star 80? It was a woman. It was a woman, and I'm going to try to remember what movie uh, So frequent guest of the podcast, uh, not frequent, but like friend of the podcast, Vanessa Young is calling me right now. Should I answer it and put her on? <laughs> Don't do that to her. You know? <laughs> hey, Vanessa. You know that'll work. Uh, hey, V. Hi. Hey, hon. How's it going? I didn't expect to hear your voice. Where are you guys? We're at my place. Oh, We're recording. Shit. We're recording. We're recording live. Oh, f- You're on live. <laughs> Woo, yeah. Hey, no, well, you'll cut this out. You moved. <laughs> yeah, you moved. Congrats, hon, by the way. All right, so we had to take a little break. That was a little hello from our friend Vanessa Young. Hey, um, Vanessa. I'm going to edit uh, the rest of her sweary tirade out of the podcast. No, you should leave it. <laughs> That's like the best, like... Whoa, busted. You're on kind of camera. Oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> really, and now classic. I have to censor you. It's classic. Yeah. Um, oh, fud. Anyways. Uh, okay, so we talked about the film. We gave a little intro. Like, we'll get into more into Bruceploitation when we actually watch a Bruceploitation movie. But, guys, before we watch this. Yeah. So, so let me get this straight. This movie is about the guy who has seen a lot of success in on this side of the world in Hollywood and uh, is that what this is about? Like him, no. and him being mistaken, or this is no. about Bruce specifically? No, it's no, a- no. It's 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 a, you'll have to watch it to get it. It's a comedy about a guy who everyone assumes because he's Asian can do martial arts, and they all nickname him nickname him Bruce because he kind of looks like Bruce Lee, and he's like, my name isn't Bruce. So it's 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 you'll you'll get it when you see it. But it's written by the guy who's been in. Uh, he was in Kung Fu. He was in The Love Boat. He was in Kojak. He was in Mash. Yeah. And he wrote this, and it's from his. He kind of takes from his experiences. Very loosely, yes. It's very much. They probably all thought he could do martial arts when he came into audition and all that stuff. Oh, to- oh, totally, they did because they saw him and like, I bet you know karate or something. Right, right, right. Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right, guys. So before we get into the film, has anyone seen anything interesting since we last recorded? Yes. Go for it, Phil. All right. So 
I rewatched He Got Game, uh, the highly underrated Spike Lee joint. Mm-hmm. Featuring the awesome public enemy track, He Got Game. Featuring Stephen Stills. From Crosby, Stills, and Nash, yep. Yep, uh, recreating the Buffalo Springfield song. Ray Allen. Thank you. Yeah, I always forget about Ray Allen. Yeah, mm-hmm. I looked at the Wikipedia page. So Jesus like Shuttleworth. What a what a yeah, good name. Yeah. And the funny bit of trivia about that is I read on Wikipedia that like it wasn't Spike Lee's first choice because he was like looking at like Alan Iverson and all these other people. Yeah. Alan Iverson probably couldn't act well. Oh no, yeah. That. Spike Lee was like absolutely not. <laughs> 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 and um I saw the movie Madeline's Madeline, which was way better than I thought it would be. Interesting. It is excellent. I couldn't recommend it highly enough. Um, I caught a Tuesday matinee of the movie Greta, the Isabel. Oh, Lupin. how was that? It was a lot of fun. Um, lots of a uh, lower base station. Uh, nice. It's very campy, but it's also genuinely creepy. Uh, it has a lot of the thrill. It's it's very anachronistic movie because like it's it's quite a bizarre to see a movie like this in 2019 because it's it feels so 90s yeah I mean it does subvert a lot of like 90s thriller tropes but it's also it feels like a film out of time but in a good way and it's Isabelle Huppert is magnificent thriller with Isabelle Huppert called yes Greta Greta she is the opponent and Chloe Greta. Grace Moretz Chloe Grace Moretz sign, sign me, me up, up. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of Chloe Grace Moretz no I mean of Isabelle yeah, yeah. both both both, yeah. both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I think you'd really enjoy it I'll have to check the, yeah. the, the other girl is but yeah yeah mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what up. format you watch on it's probably not a movie worth spending $14 on but it was $5 very well spent <laughs> nice and Anything else interesting, Phil? Yes. I also watched... Da, 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 da. I also gave a shout-out to Madeline's Madeline. I watched uh, the Joe Swanberg joint uh, Drinking Buddies. Oh, what'd you think? I liked it a lot. I'm a big fan of that film. I like it, too. I think that that was really his turning point as a director, mm-hmm. where he turned away from just being strictly a navel gazer into like kind of coming into his own. And like I think... With Joe Swanberg and his entire generation of filmmakers, I think it's so good that they were able to produce so many, so much work early on, because in earlier times you would have gotten one shot to make something, and that would have been it, and then you would never have gotten Drinking Buddies or Win It All or the show Easy or um, what was that other film, Digging for Fire. Yeah, I also saw Digging for Fire. I didn't like it as much as Drinking yep. Buddies. Like Drinking Buddies <clears throat> is way better, but that's with uh, Olivia Wilde, right? Yeah. Yes. And Oscar. Hey, no, no. Yeah, no, no. Think of Oscar Isaac. No, no, he looks but like it's him. Jake Johnson. <laughs> right, okay. Jake Johnson from the New Girl yeah. and Joe Swanberg oh, regular. Yeah, yeah they've kind of like become buddies and like they've co-written three films together. Like Win It All is always. Have you seen Win It All yet? No, I haven't. It's really fun. It's about like low stakes, like lower uh, life gambling addiction. Oh, so it's kind of inter- it's very fun. it's very fun and interesting. Hmm. Yeah, like it don't. The only reason like, I'm really going to checking out Joe Swanberg's oeuvre is because I really like the show Easy. Because I remember his mm-hmm. early movies, the nail-gazing mumblecore, and really yeah. hating them at the time. So, See, uh, I really liked them at the time, but now I feel that like they were so of the time that I can't watch them again. It's also yeah. like, 
he was like a 24 year old and I was like a 21 year old. So it was like, of course, when, yeah. you know, when you're 21, the kind of stuff that blows your mind is like, Oh my God, he's got so much experience in life. And it's like, he's only three years older than me. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, we're saying, yeah, I'd be like, just shut up. That, right. You're just going to be like, shut up the whole time. Right. Yeah. I'm just going to leave that in the past. It's kind of like, you know, <laughs> I don't want to go back. Cause the whole time I just be looking at these, like, shut up you people. Why don't you have jobs? There's an, a recession coming. <laughs> yeah, like all the Mumblecore people, like they've really evolved mm -hmm. and they've been able to forge really exciting yep. careers. That's what happens when a scene blows up, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't stagnate, fortunately. No. Yeah, yeah. Although Aaron Katz hasn't made a film in a long time. I really like his work. Oh, right. He did Dance Party USA. He did uh, yeah. uh, Quiet City. And he did a really great film that never got released in Canada called Cold Weather, which I really, really dug. It was kind of mm -hmm. like set in Portland. It kind of was. Uh, a predecessor to the film Lost Holiday that I think Phil you were at that screening and so were you that was the film that uh, our friend and guest of the podcast Phil Sportell did some post-production work on no I missed that one. Oh, you missed that one yeah okay, with right. Caitlin yes, Shield yes. yeah okay. so yeah so Cold Weather is kind of the same thing where like someone goes missing and like two people who are not detectives decide to investigate <laughs> right okay yeah that's good anything else Phil uh, that is all for highlights cool Kit, what have you seen? Anything interesting since we last recorded? I've only got two films, I think, that I spring to mind. Both uh, long overdue in different ways. Cool. Go for it. Uh, I finally got around to watching Avenger Infinity War. And? Avengers, the Avengers Infinity War, mm -hmm. not Avenger Infinity it's War. Marvel's That's probably Avengers different, Infinity War. Yeah, it's probably a different movie yeah. altogether. It's Disney's Marvel's The Avengers Infinity War. I can imagine some like Trademark. Avenger Infinity War being some like Italian action film from 1978. <laughs> Sounds awesome. <laughs> I'm here to avenge you. <laughs> okay, before you continue, I worked with a guy from... Oh my god! So I worked with this 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 hand painter from Italy, and I don't mean he, <laughs> no need to apologize. And not I worked with this hand painter from Italy. I don't mean he paints by hand. I mean he paints people's hands oh. on this commercial. And his name was actually Guido, which I felt really awful saying every time I saw him. Like, hey, Guido. <laughs> Wait, that's his actual name? Guido? Yeah. And he's Italian, and he's 68 years old. And when I talked to him on the phone for the first time, he sounds like an Italian stereotype. He's like, Hello, Grandma. I have landed here in Toronto. The plane ride was nice. Now we're in the car going to the hotel. Mamma mia. It's a me, Guido. Yeah. It's like when he got Thai food, he's like, Oh, wonderful. Uh, spaghetti. And I'm like, no, it's... it's Come it's, on. It's, uh, he, he didn't know what Thai food was, but he's like, Pasta. Yeah, so he got it. Aww, big shout out to Guido. Yeah, and his son Michael that came, who had to stand. He, uh, Come on the podcast, I felt bad for Michael. No, he's back in Milan now. Uh. I'm back in the Milan. <laughs> Eating the pasta. I did forget yeah. another highlight. Uh, I also saw Golden Exits, uh, the Alex Ross Perry joints. Um, no, I, my Alex Ross Perry is so I gotta I gotta it, catch up. It got really obscured. It was uh, it came out right between uh, Queen of Earth and uh, her smell. Oh yeah, it's Sans Elizabeth Moss, but. Mm -hmm. Ad Rock has a prominent starring nice. role in it. So. Cool. I actually don't That's mind Ad Rock. I think Ed Rock is, is a decent actor. He is, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like post Beastie Boys, like he was returned to acting. He didn't let Lost Angels phase him. And, no. Uh, although Mike D likes to troll him about Lost Angels. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> the Beastie senior citizens like control each other still. They Kit, do. Sorry, we cut you off. What what, what were you saying? Oh, I just I saw Avenger, the, Avenger. the Avengers. Marvel prevent. Marvel prevents. Disney's, Disney's Marvel, prevents Marvel's the, the Avengers. Avengers prevents Infinity War. <laughs> Disney Fox Marvel. Disney 20th Century Fox. <laughs> 21st Century Fox. Disney owns all the yeah. entertainment now. Yeah. yeah. So what, what did you, what did you think us. of uh, what did you think of uh, Infinity War? 
Uh, I liked it. Yeah, it's yeah, fine. It's good. good. It's another two and a half hours of oh, smashy, pretty smashy. good entertainment. I, I yeah. often, you know, because they got a lot of the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy guys in there, mm-hmm. and I'm like, this this works a lot better as a comedy. As an action film, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of how I feel about it. And mm-hmm. then, like, spoiler alert, half the characters die, and you're like, well, they're Although just going to find a way to bring those guys back because the, they're not leaving that money on the <laughs> no, table. But the interesting <laughs> thing you have to point out that the half the people that died are all the people whose contracts are not... Everyone that lived, their contracts are expiring after the next movie. So it's like... They killed off all the people that are going to be around for the next 10 years. Yeah, so they're clearly going to bring them back. And yeah. you can already, like, there's a time crystal at play here. So yeah. obviously the way and forward also, is, is And also, those is of us who were, you know, <laughs> comic book nerds in the 90s read the Infinity Gauntlet. Uh, which I did not read that. It was, uh, I, I read the, yeah. the biggest one I read was the Doomsday uh, series. My, my best friend yeah. Taylor had a... A friggin' uh, the the whole thing, the, the whole edition. Of Superman, yeah. The actual book, the yeah. graphic novel. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was great. The whole great. shebang. The whole shebang. Uh, didn't yeah. have the return actually. Just had uh, just had the, the death, death of. So yeah. it was just the lead up to the the fight with Doomsday. Exactly. Yeah. Very exciting. And he dies. And the lead uh, up to the shebang. <laughs> and then I would kind of like for the next month or so pay attention to cover book comics because I was like, how are they going to bring him back? You know they're going to bring him back. And they brought back four Supermen. Which one's the real one? Turns out none. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. That was fun. Yeah. Um, and then the other movie that I saw that was uh, long overdue. Uh, which I guess is new on spa- on, uh, on Netflix because a lot of people have seen it recently. Is uh, Space Jam? <laughs> oh snap! Uh, for a second there, I was hoping you were going to say Skate Kitchen because ever- what is with you guys in these sports uh, movies? These lately, basketball right? movies, yeah. yeah. He got games, Space Jam, <laughs> getting all the uh, basketball. And uh, last week, yeah, with high flying birth. Yeah, three weeks ago actually. It's been 21 days since we last recorded. Hush but, up, um, hush up. Time is no object here. Yeah, yeah. Watch Can we get in like a blue chip screening? Uh, <laughs> well, Basketball Diaries up Love and Basketball. That terrible 90s movie. Oh, I forgot about that one. Yeah, we all did. Oh, um, that one. Or Airbud. Let's throw in some yeah. Airbud. Airbud. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so I watched any that. Any insights into Space Jam that were not examined 25 years ago? Uh, you know what? I don't like the animation. They try to add too much too much shadows to the yeah. cartoon characters. And also, mm-hmm. when the characters are that self-aware and breaking down the fourth wall all the time, yeah. it's less funny. Mm-hmm. Um, they were trying to Roger Rabbit it, but wound yeah, up... Yeah, a lot. Uh, a lot of, like, Roger Rabbit, like, hey, look, it's me, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, a just cartoon. Just talking to the camera. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Daffy Duck has Warner Brothers stamped on his ass. Those kind of gags. Uh-huh. Um, there is a like odd, every now and then there'll be like a sex joke, like Patrick Ewing loses his uh, basketball powers, mm-hmm. and his therapist is like, "Are you uh, failing to perform in any other areas of your life?" And Patrick Ewing's like, "No." That was when they were trying to like appeal <laughs> somehow to adu- yeah. Yeah, adults. Yeah. Um, uh, he's got Muggsy Bogues in there too. Uh, Charles Barkley as well. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, Bill and Murray's, Bill, Murray. Bill yeah. Murray's probably the best part of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's about all I can say about that film. They're mm-hmm. making another one, though. Okay, yeah, because I remember, well, I remember, practically all I remember about the movie is because it alluded to Michael Jordan's baseball career. Yeah. It does, starts off with him playing baseball, and mm-hmm. it doesn't shy away from the fact that he's it not good at, at baseball. Yeah. Uh, mm. This, I, I can't remember when it was filmed, because if you remember Michael Jordan's career, he retired mm-hmm. tearfully, started playing baseball. That didn't go well. I think that was like 93 or something. Yeah. And then he came back and he played yeah. more basketball and won more championships. I know. He, he just sort of like, I can never do this. Stop doing this again. <laughs> and then yeah. he retired again. And then he came back one more time. I know. For the, what was that team called? The Wizards? The Wizards. Yeah. The Washington Wizards. <laughs> and he wasn't, it wasn't as good and they didn't go anywhere. Yeah. I guess um, he was not the wizard. So I guess this film came out 
It was like 95, 96. It was probably right after he had come back too, right? Yeah. Because that's where it ended. I, I always remember it being, uh, watching it at my cousin's house, and that would have been 96, 97. Mm. I also remember it was probably like a CBC, I like to call it the CBC Summer Classics, where it's like they take movies that were not quite hits, but had famous people in them and like play them all summer long, like Matinee or... Goldie Hawn and uh, Steve Martin in the House Sitter, or was it House oh, Guest? Yeah. House Sitter, House Sitter, yeah. House Guest is with Sinbad. And they Phil also Hartman. showed House Guest. Oh, forgot about yeah. that one. Oh yeah. <laughs> Only in the nineties could I you have Phil Hartman and Sinbad. Love House yeah. Sitter. Yeah, House Sitter is a great film. Yeah, it is. A movie on an airplane. Anything with Goldie Hawn is right. great. Um, so that's that's okay. it. That's uh, that's that's all I've got. Michael Jordan's a better actor than you'd expect, but he's not great. Uh, mm. That's it. That's all I got. Cool. Lillian, what have you hit seen? Hit him this high is a banger. Hit him high. You hit him high. Hit him high. Hit him high. I'll hit him low. Hit him low. Hit him low. It's a Monsters yeah. anthem. It's Great. a bop. Okay. Sure. Lillian, what have you seen that's been interesting <laughs> since we last recorded? Oh, boy. Um, I've seen a bunch of stuff, and uh, I cannot recall any of it right now. But, um... It, 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 it's funny because there was something, you saw with, something a with, uh, with a Hemingway in it. With a Hemingway remember. in it, yeah. Didn't you figure out what the name was? It was Dina Drea, Drea Hemingway. Yeah. You came at us, came at us with that, and now I'm telling Drea, it to you. Yeah, but yeah, I okay. can't remember what the what the movie was or anything. Anyway, um, Graham, what have you seen? Like, uh, fill us in. Okay, I haven't. I've been working a lot, which is why we haven't recorded much, which is why the Monster Dog episode is still on up. Apologies to the. It'll be up by the time to you the hear few this. listeners that still listen to us week to week. We love you guys. We love you. Thank you so much. Um, I've seen. Let me just count up how many movies have I seen because we recorded twenty one days ago and it's been. I haven't watched money by one, one, two. I've only watched 10 movies since we last recorded. Oh, shame. For shame. I know. That's one every one point. In the 21 days, it's like one every two point zero nine. You can't see this right now, but my hand is over Graham's forehead to feel if he's okay. I'm not okay. (laughs) Yeah, only 10 movies. It's not good. Slacking. So I'll talk about a couple films. I'll talk about three films. Um... One will be, let's see. Oh, I'm going to talk about, I watched this movie. I've been searching for it for a long time. It's been out of print forever. I didn't realize there was an actual DVD of it released. I think it might have been Canada only because in the States the rights were too screwy. It is a 1980 film called Fade to Black. Now, this film, uh, it really bummed me out while I was watching it because it was sold, the trailer is sold as a horror movie about this guy who's obsessed with movies and he goes crazy and he starts killing people, like, in the, in the method of the movies. <laughs> like, I gotta see this, right? Yeah, exactly. But no, it turns out it's much more like in the taxi driver vein, except you actually like if Travis Bickable was a likable, nice guy that people actually wanted to talk to. But this is a guy about who's obsessed with movies, who works in advertising to a small degree, like the advertising of films. And he meets this girl who he asks out on a date, and then she kind of forgets about the date and inadvertently stands him up. The world turns to black. He kind of starts going down a dark path. He was already in a dark path as it was. He starts to like live more in the reality of his movies, and then eventually he crosses a line, goes off the deep end. It very much was like, oh, this is what could happen to me if I'm not careful. <laughs> But it's, uh, it's not available on DVD or Blu-ray. I mean, there's a DVD in Canada. That's what I rented. I rented it. was a legit DVD released by Anchor Bay. So I think it might have just been an Anchor Bay Canada release because in the States, I know it never made it past VHS because um, they show a lot of clips from classic films and like from White Heat and um, what else? White Heat, 
the Hammer Dracula with Christopher Lee. Uh, a bunch of other films too. Night of the Living Dead is in there as well. Um, but I just don't think there's any way they could clear those clips at this point. Um, so yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. So how does it end for... For the, for the main character, it ends badly. He does not... Uh, it ends with him on the roof of Grauman's Chinese Theater uh, with the woman that he he uh, had a date with who actually like feels bad that she missed the date but like they just never it's in that time before social media and like they didn't have each other's phone numbers so like they never they really they reconnected at the end of the film and then it goes bad and she kind of has a passing resemblance to Marilyn Monroe so like for a guy obsessed with classic cinema you can see where it goes it's a no brainer yeah exactly it doesn't end well for you (laughs) I'm just kidding I was gonna say there is a there there's two actors outside of the main characters that are interesting. One, this is the debut of Mickey Rourke. Woo! He plays a coworker of the main character. Yes. Is and he like the coolest thing since sliced bread? Or he's a he, dick in the movie. But a good dick, like you're totally like. No, no, no. Like, like a cool dick, like one of those dicks that you want to hang around with. <laughs> like one of those guys, just a jerk to your face and steals all your money. Does he pull off the dick that he's supposed to be? Yeah, he's horrible. Yes. And when he and when he dies, he you're, knocks it out of the ballpark every time. The other actor. And he has to play a dick. He's really good. <laughs> the other actor who's interesting is that he is he's an actor who. Hey, 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 hey! hey, hey. No hate for Mickey over here. Please. Anyways, the other actor is someone that was in a, uh, the lead of a film that we watched. He is a regular of uh, the patron saint of this podcast, Albert Pune. That is Tim Thomerson in an early role. He plays a psychologist that's working with the police who's trying to convince him like this kid is sick and needs help not to be just shot down. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work out that way. So yeah, that was Fade to Black. I highly, highly recommend it if you can find it. Um, I also watched... Was that? <clears throat> that was 1980. Okay. Yep. I'm sure Metallica were fans. <laughs> no. Um, I also watched the... Uh, I think it was 79 or 80 or... or it was... No, 80. The Long Riders. It was a Walter Hill Western. I've been meaning to watch that. It's fantastic. It is literally fantastic. It is the story of the the James gang with Jesse James. And the interesting thing is that the gang in real life was made up of several sets of brothers. And so Walter Hill cast real brothers. So there are there's David Carradine and Keith Carradine and Rod Carradine, their like younger brother that apparently never acted in anything else. There's Randy Quaid and Dennis Quaid. Um, there's Stacy Keach and James Keach. And then there's Christopher Guest and Both Keaches? Yeah, both Keaches. Yeah. Two Keaches and one Peach? Yeah. I know. My head was going to explode. It, it was a fantastic film. So Christopher Guest and Nicholas Guest? Yes, Christopher Guest and Nicholas Guest together. And I think Christopher Guest plays uh, Robert Ford, the guy that shoots Jesse James mm. in the back, who was the main character, played by um, uh, D- D- Dundledorf McGee. What's his name? Casey Affleck. In, ah, yes, uh, the coward Robert the coward Ford. Robert Ford. The assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which he not played, our mayor. No. Not our mayor. No, no. Wasn't my mayor. <laughs> not mine either. Um, so yeah, I, it was such a great western. It's uh, Walter Hill. I really, truly believe that. Like, if um, there was a joke in Austin, Texas, that at the Austin Film Society they were doing a retrospective of his work, and the programmer who programmed the retrospective after it had already started was like, "We should have called this movie Non Toxic Masculinity." And it's just an accurate thing. Like these are dudes doing dude things, but they're not. You know, the, it's the female characters have real personalities mm-hmm. and have lives outside of them, and it's it's good. Did you get out of the from TPL from the Toronto Public Library, the yeah. Dover, the um, the Bloor and Dufferin branch, which oh, has Bloor Gladstone. 
Yeah, Blur Gladstone. Yeah, which shout has, out to Gladstone. I know, which has copies of films that are no longer in print, such as yeah, Deadly it's, it's Eyes. It's a great library, yeah. When I tried to buy a Blu-ray of Deadly Eyes after taking it out of the library, $261. Oh, snap. Yeah, so... Hauser, so yeah, so uh, so support your local Toronto Public Library um, or local. Also, R.I.P. to the um, Queen Video on Bloor Street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The last of the Queen videos is gone. Well, yeah, we still have uh, we still protect have Bay Street Video and Isor. Protect Isor. Yeah, they should still be. I wonder if people are going to be wearing the Queen is Dead T-shirts or anything yeah. like that. If yeah. you're in the Around North town. End, if you're in the North End, uh, Video Flix Video 2.0, Flix 2.0. back from the dead. It should have been. They should have called that store "Revenge of Video Flicks." Totally. Yeah. Uh, uh, there's two for one out in Blue West Village. Uh, I'm pretty sure two for one? they still have a Doc Hollywood poster in their window. Nice. <laughs> That's kind of like how they were, the convenience store at Bloor and Christie that like they stopped renting videotapes years ago, but they had a Street Fighter poster in their window since 1995. So it why had, not? It had turned just like blue and white. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like Patrizio's mm-hmm. uh, hair salon, which still has the Sun Bleach Luke Perry poster. Yeah. yeah. Luke Perry. Luke Perry lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does forever yes, in my heart. And then the final film I'm going to talk about that I watched was uh, Wild Guitar, which I don't know many of the details around it, but it's on uh, anyone who likes interesting or regional or outsider art. Go check out the, the website is BYD. NWR.com. It's Nicholas Winding Reference streaming service. It is free, 100% free. Well, we'll put it. Uh, we'll put. We'll put the address in the. Uh... Sure, I'll remember to do that. <laughs> I never remember doing anything, but we, I will put the address in the show notes. In the show notes. Thank in the you. show notes. We need the Nicholas Winding Reference shout out. He would love our podcast. I, I, me, and him, we both have the same kind of color blindness, which explains why I love his, the look of his movies so much. Come on the, come on the podcast, Nicholas. Yeah, but he so Wild Guitar was a regional film allegedly shot in Hollywood. Well, we'll shit all over that. Uh, who's who's the guy that he was? William Freakin. Yeah, we'll shit all but over. But here's here's here's, here's <laughs> a, am I missing something? I don't know who this is. Am I what, what's the story? Nicholas Winning Reffing. So Nicholas Winning Reffing, the director of Drive and Only God Forgives and Neon Demon, like all three films that I just love the hell out of. Phil is not a fan, but that's that's okay. Hey, I like Drive. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. No, you're not a fan of his of his the last only one two. That popped out for me. I didn't recognize it. Hey, Valhalla Rising was good. Oh, yeah, I love Valhalla yeah. Rising, which is back on Netflix Canada. Watch Valhalla Rising. I love that film. Mads Mikkelsen. Bronson third. is great in it. The put- Pusher. Bronson is good. Bronson, Bronson was a good film. Oh, so uh, good. Bronson, Valhalla Rising, mm-hmm. and Drive, that's where it ends with me, but I haven't seen the other two. So. Oh, you should check out Only God Forgives. I, I think that film deserves a second chance. Okay. By a lot of people. It has its staunch defenders. Yeah, I am one of them. Um, but anyway, so he, Nicholas Winnerreffing has licensed a lot of more obscure titles from the Something Weird Video Archive, and he has um, turned them into this, uh, created the streaming service where like he has restored these films. They look better than ever. Some of the films that are on there are Shanty Tramp, uh, which is a great, which I talked about like ages ago on the podcast, which is really fun. Wild Guitar. It's the story of this guy who comes into Los Angeles on his motorcycle. They clearly shot guerrilla style around Los Angeles with him like looking at all these landmarks. Then he goes to this uh, coffee shop, which they, which is called a cafe, but they all pronounce it cafe. How do they, they, they pronounce it like different, like a different emphasis, like like at the cafe. Cafe. Yeah, cafe. Yeah, they can pronounce. Yeah, more Spanish. I guess that makes sense. <coughs> so at this cafe, he meets uh, a girl who's going to be on a variety show as a dancer of some kind. And she's like, oh, you want to be a mu- musician? You should come with me to the show. So he becomes a last-minute replacement on the show. He plays a song. 
the head of some record label is apparently there watching, signs him right away, and it's the rise and fall of, of this guy with his wild guitar. And it's a f- super fun, low-budget 60s teen film. What's that movie with River Phoenix in that same kind of plot? Uh, do you guys know what I'm talking about? The thing called Love with Samantha Mathis, where he's the country singer? Yeah. It's that, that same kind of premise. Could be. I've never seen that film, so I don't know. Okay. I've never seen it either, but I just know of it. But anyways, yeah, if you're looking for interesting films, check out bynwr.com. That's bynwr.com. Continue doing the Lord's work, Nicholas Winter Reffing. Every month has a different curator, and the curator for April is going to be Kira Lajanis, who's one of my personal heroes, and she's bringing out a lot of heavy hitters. Uh, One of the ones, she's uh, showing Orgy of the Dead, the Ed Wood written film that came out in 1969, which was, I think, his last well-known produced work. Anyways... So with that being said, do we have anything else to say before we dive into our film, They Call Me Bruce? Uh, nothing I can think of. I remember I saw that film Bug in, like, 2007. I don't remember liking it. William Freakin'. Oh, yeah, William Freakin'. <laughs> so we, we never finished that story. Yeah, yeah. I never. I didn't like Killer Joe either. Um, yeah. I liked Killer Joe. Mm. I also liked Bug. Okay, I, I just remember mm. Michael Shannon's in it. I just... Oh, it's got Ashley Judd too, doesn't yeah. it? Yes, it does. Mm-hmm. So, so Michael or what, Michael Freakin? William it's, Freakin. It's a non-beef. They've got the a thing, non-beef. I know, together. but the hilarious thing about it is, like William Freakin, he was on the Movies That Made Me podcast with, uh, which is uh, Joe Dante's podcast, which is also hosted by Josh Olson, a, a screenwriter. And they were talking to him about like recent movies, and they were like, he's like, I tried to watch some of Exorcist too, but I shut it off after forty minutes. And they were like, well, what about you know William Peter Blatty's uh, Exorcist Three? And he's like, I haven't seen it. He's like, but you said you guys are best friends. He's like, yeah, but I don't watch any movies. I only watch movies made before 1980. And what kind of nonsense is that? I know. And so he's That's not true. He does watch current movies. He's He, he lies. He lies. Uh William he gave a shout lies. out to he loves the Babadook. Really? Cuz he yeah. said he's not watched any movie made after 1980. And then like so Maybe he just likes the idea of the Babadook or maybe he knows the actual um monster. Babadook. Yeah, the yeah. actual monster. Just Wouldn't giving a shout out. I think he gave a shout out to The Witch as one of the best horror movie contemporary. Horror really? Yeah. Cuz he's a liar. Anyways. He gave a shout out to Get Out. Yeah. Yeah. He's been raving about some of the current horror movies. Wow. I'm guessing maybe that just might be someone slipping him a little little uh maybe. Benjamin. Whiskey and his. Oh. A little some some Benjamins. Oh, damn. A little pay to play. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Anyways, screw William Freakin. I mean, no, don't screw him. He made three three good movies. He's made more than that. Come on. <laughs> no, he Which made. Which ones, Graham? Which ones? Uh, Exorcist, French Connection, Sorcerer, Sorcerer, To Live and Die. Oh, I, forget, I was thinking about. Sorry, he made four good ones. Yeah. <laughs> Sorcerer is my favorite of his films. To Live and Die in LA is good. Bug Killer Joe. Cruising. I forgot he did Cruising. He did five good movies. Just remember Bug being like seeming skeevy. I remember Killer Joe just being like, "Why am I watching Matthew McConaughey force uh, Gina Gershon to fillet a chicken wing?" Yeah, it's yeah, problematic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Stick that in your pipe and smoke it, Phil. All right. Anyways, sorry, right, Phil. That's, that's enough. Yeah. He also directed Blue Chips. I don't know if it's a good movie anymore, but... <laughs> no, we're, we're leaving, we're leaving um, listeners uh, hanging here, And you're but... forgetting about The Guardian. Oh, I've seen Oh, yeah, Joe. that's a heavy hitter there. Yeah, The, the Guardian, Guardian, the killer tree movie. So I don't know how this came about, but William Friedkin was talking to Nicholas Weiningreff, and, and yeah. Nicholas Weiningreff was like, oh, I'm... Uh, Only God my, Forgives is a masterpiece. Is a masterpiece. And, are, are you telling and, me Killer Joe is directed by the same person as the exorcist yes yes that's what you're telling me right that's, now that's, yes. what, that's what we're laying down that was wow. one of his comeback movies okay cool 
Yeah. Anyway. Anyways, yeah, Kit, we buried the lead enough. Go ahead. Oh, it's just, I, I can't even remember the banter, but he said uh, it was a masterpiece, and he's like, it wasn't a masterpiece, or he just started making he's fun like, of him. Yeah, he, he overreacted, <laughs> but I'm not, like, here's the thing, he didn't, see, he has not seen Only God Forgives. No, he probably hasn't, and but he just started making fun of him, because the, the hubris for a director to say, my own movie was a masterpiece, but, and it's one of the best but, films but ever Freakin made. But Freakin says that his movies are masterpieces. Well, The Exorcist could be. It is. I'd argue he's made five. Uh, four. I wouldn't say Cruising is exactly a masterpiece. Tolunda De- Die in L.A. definitely is. The Exorcist definitely is. French Connection definitely is. Sorcerer definitely is. Um, the Guardian definitely not. Oh, The Guardian. No, and definitely not Jade. Definitely not Jade. Jade? He did Jade? Yeah. Yeah. Holy fucking moly. Where the fuck am I going? <laughs> <laughs> I love this guy. Caruso. I love this guy. <laughs> Let him think of their masterpieces because you know what? A gray hair appears on Graham's head every time that Liam swears. Sorry, they're laughing because you were cursed, and now I have to, like, go and edit the podcast again. Anyways. Oh, just put a big freaking cherry bomb on the the episode and call it a day. All right, so without further ado. Here's the movie. Here's the movie. Here's the Call Me Bruce. Bye. He walked like him. He talked like him. Give me five, yo, mama. Get down. He even cooked yeah. like him. He wanted to be yeah. just like Bruce Lee. So he regulated his diet, began intensive training, yeah. and learned to live like a great samurai master. You must know Kung Fu. Oh, yeah, I was stepped in. And as his reputation spread throughout the land, his days became filled with new challenges. Eating chicken with nunchucks. Defeating criminals with a flick of his hand. And defending good against evil. They give that man his purse back. He lived a life of non-stop action. Just cut the cards. Cut the cards, sir. Constant danger. With little time for rest or relaxation. Deadly killers hunted him. And every woman wanted him. Now, as long as you wear this, I'm not going to make love to another man. Me neither. He was a man that women would fight for. Great teachers respected. And his wisdom was sought by everyone. The most important thing in life is broads. Amen. It's the birth of a great American hero. They call me Bruce. 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 No, Bruce. Chinese boy got a funny mouth. Mm-hmm. They call me Bruce, a superhero America can believe in. And we're back. That was They Call Me Bruce. I know that in the in the actual movie, there's no question mark in the title, but on the cover of the DVD, there is. Wikipedia corroborates this. The question mark, yeah. So just like one of those things where you can't use question marks to title your I, I also, the also the other thing too is that the alternative title for this film is a fistful of chopsticks which makes no sense but he never uh, in the movie he never said it as a question mark he said they call me Bruce that, that's true but he did ask why do you call me Bruce my name is June no but he kind of um, he got wind of this whole Bruce and he kind of went with it and he was just kind of like yeah whatever also they got him on they the cover like with a cast on and stuff like none of those things up, ever, yeah. ever happened in the film but I think the question mark uh, kind of comes into play because he worships um, he got worships a, Bruce and I guess it's kind of like am I worth happened? the Bruce that no. they call me exactly yeah 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 
So, guys, uh, how do we tackle a film like They Call Me Bruce? This this is a joke-a-minute film. We made m- numerous comparisons between the character of Bruce, a.k.a. Jung, or June, and uh, Yakov Smirnoff. It's, he a, did it's a very Evening at the Improv-style humor that he has. Uh, what's, uh, what's, the, what's the one he's like, uh, I'm a sex object. Every time I ask a lady for sex, she, she objects. objects. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> or we were so poor that one night uh, we robbed the robber <laughs> no, no, one night, we had no clothes nothing one night a robber broke into our house we ro- we stole his money yeah <laughs> yeah Yakov Smirnoff and Rodney Dangerfield a bit yeah Yakov Smirnoff yeah. and the Soviet Union was watching this he came to America and that was his yeah. shtick <laughs> yeah no oh but this movie is just there's just joke a minute um, it's very picaresque. The other, sorry, I, I do have to point out the other female lead is Pam Huntington. She plays his actual love interest, sort of. Yeah, sort of. Yeah. Who and gets five this, times as much screen time as Margot Hemingway? Yeah, she's this gorgeous, like Olivia Newton-John type woman. Yeah, it's like a Laura Dern yeah. vibe. Who's like from the government and she knows kung fu. Uh, we should point out that pretty much everyone in this movie knows martial arts except for the main character, our, our main, our hero. Yeah. Bruce, mm-hmm. not primarily Bruce. Caucasian, and actors. he gets away with uh, just the idea that he's capable of such martial arts. Oh, All right, yeah. so we'll mm-hmm. uh, we can run through the plot pretty quick okay. there's not much plot to it uh starts off with a banging song first of all the the, set, the music oh in this God, film is great it's so bang on and and yeah. and the song apparently as we learned in the uh it's called oriental boy no unfortunately not <laughs> i think you mean fortunately not well i guess yeah fortunately not those are the lyrics it's like oriental boy go go go, go, go. Um, but it's called I Imagine You, and it was what? written by Gary Tigerman. Nice, Gary Tigerman. <laughs> yeah, it's the theme song. Uh, it's a banger, if you can mm. forgive the problematic lyrics. It's, it's yeah. a bop, it slaps, we like it. Yeah, so we meet our, our young Bruce in uh, his home of Korea or some Asian country, where his grandfather is dying, and his grandfather tells him, just remember the meaning of life broads yeah uh, and then you must go to uh, America because in New York there is the most beautiful lady you've ever seen and she will take care of you but he doesn't quite say that I wrote it down he says yeah. most important thing in life is not money because the kid's all about I'm gonna yeah. make some money I'm gonna be rich one day he's like the most important thing it's not money this is when you get the tone of the film and you think he's gonna give him some wisdom and he's like it's peace it's broads yeah <laughs> another word of wisdom from the grandfather I love how there's a flashback to like if you ever find yourself in a fight kick him in the balls Scratch his eyes, bite his nose, if you fight must, dirty. If you must fight, fight, fight dirty. Fight dirty. But always use your head. Lots of yeah. pearls. Yeah, he does. Mm-hmm. He uses his head. Lots of pearls yeah. of wisdom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the gan- grandfather speaks in pseudo broken English. Yeah, uh, I, th- I believe the grandfather is actually played by the main, the, the lead actor. Oh, oh really? Both roles. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Yeah. And the the kid who the kid who's playing kid young, version. Young. Of- young Jung Yoon. Jung Yoon, yeah. English is clearly his first language. Yeah. This was a shot in California and occasional shooting and in... And it's strange. Uh, when he does grow up to be a man, he develops an accent. Yeah. yeah. Well, and he speaks in broken English. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of, like, in uh, Double Impact when... Uh, so, Jean-Claude Van Damme and his twin brother, also played by Jean-Claude Van Damme, are born in Hong Kong. And when we cut to, like, grown-up Jean-Claude Van Damme, the good guy, he's, like, teaching aerobics or something... And the, his, his like, uh, adoptive father says, like, I have to tell you something. You were actually born in Hong Kong. 
And then Jean-Claude Van Damme goes, you mean I wasn't born in France? As if to, that's how they explain away his accent. Yeah. Well, they both have it. Both twin brothers have it for some reason. Yeah, they both have this this Belgian accent in... <laughs> But uh, the yeah. funny, funny that we talk about accents. So it switches to um, the Italians. The Italians, the, and the, it's all exaggerated oh, Italian accents. It's <laughs> Mamma Mia, bibbidi bobbidi boo. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta try this boy's a pasta. <laughs> Every word ends with ah as a suffix. <laughs> I love how literally pro- every word. I love how he pronounced witnesses. As- no, he says, "We got to watch Hollywood the Squares." Wait, Hollywood the Squares. <laughs> I don't want to be late. The Hollywood the Squares is on. Oh. It's, it's a lot of this. I love the slapping. Oh my god! And all of favorite. them are just like perfectly perfect yeah. cast. I don't know. They all look mm-hmm. like a. They look like extras in a Scorsese look, film. Yeah, I was gonna say they look like the extras in like the TV remake of The Godfather. Yes. They don't really look authentically Italian because they're all from the West Coast. And they all got like fake beards on yeah. and stuff. Like that the, one Scorsese looking guy. The main bad guy has a fake beard. Yeah. Looking like Scorsese mm-hmm. in Taxi Driver. Yeah. And he plays almost kind of a James Bond villain. Are, uh, almost none of whom are Italian-American villains. No. Oh, no Italian-American actors I should say. Yeah. <laughs> slip of the tongue. Free <laughs> slip. <laughs> All Italian Americans are villains. What? Yeah. What? That's why I never see you in Little Italy. Um. So he's a chef for these Italian guys. These these mafiosos. Because he cooks the best of pasta. And they're on the west coast. And he the schools them on. Uh, you know, pasta coming from... Uh, yeah, that was the developed in China, and then Marco Polo took it and brought it back to and Italy. That's, and that's when we get the, uh, hey, Bruce. And he's like, why you call me Bruce? Because um, you look like another guy, yeah, Bruce Lee. Yeah. And, then, and then, like, one of them says, ah, they all look alike. And then they all have a big laugh about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one yeah. of the guys at the other end is like, oh, yeah, they do, you're right. Which is like, oh my God. Yeah. There's a lot of everybody. No one leaves unscathed. No, in this I know. It's, it's supposed to be yeah. making fun of all of yeah, that yeah. stuff, those tropes. Those you mm. think we're playing this up? We're not. We're not. No, no we're playing it down. <laughs> um, even like Bruce will occasionally, he'll exclaim, but instead of saying, oh my God, he says, oh my Buddha. Oh my Buddha. <laughs> <laughs> it's that kind of film, folks. It's so good. Oh, and they also take a tour through. So basically, the setup is that Bruce is like the she- the head cook for the mafia, and he wants to be more like Bruce Lee, but he cannot. He, he doesn't have the fighting he power. Of, he just sucks at it. Although he is able to fend off one mugger by pretending. By just to pretending, know. he's like, "Look at my face. I am an Oriental I man." I am an Oriental. <laughs> well, uh, he. He pulls off pretending a lot, and he ends up running away from fights. So yeah. he pulls it off just enough to kind of run away. Uh, it's wonderful. Yeah. Oh yeah. And uh, still pull off the rep. Yeah, and there's a there's a scene in a bar where he tries to fight three guys but with that said, same like, stick, but it doesn't but it work. Doesn't work. So he runs into the ladies' washroom, where he escapes out the back there's window. Some weird oh, he kicks off the tank scene. of the toilet. <laughs> he kicks off the tank of the toilet. The toilet water sprays everywhere. He gets his gets foot in her underwear. He gets his foot it's in her underwear somehow. There's a woman yes. on the toilet in the washroom, and he like. <laughs> Tries to, like, use her underwear as, like, a stepping stone. Not intentionally. <laughs> I think he's just <laughs> scrambling out, caught, and his yeah. foot just gets caught there. I don't know. It's, it's not, really funny, it's yeah. It's not as bad as it sounds. It's 80s slapstick. <laughs> yeah. Lots of Tasteless that. There's so many, slapstick. like, laugh out loud moments. Good. Uh, yeah. yeah, and then uh, and then he he foils a bank. He, he he first he tries to train. Yeah, and he fails at that. So he like basically drinks some eggs, which don't go anywhere. Then he goes to a dojo, where he tries to train. Oh, going back to like the drinking the eggs, they do. Uh, 
they put in like the first few bars of this Muzak rendition of the oh, Rocky yeah. theme. Yeah. There's there's yeah. also the Muzak rendition of the Godfather when theme. When we first meet the, the James uh, the Bond Mafia theme, guys, so. the Rocky and staying theme, alive. and staying alive, sort of, yeah. Yes, yes, he does the whole walking, strutting. Uh, so he goes to a dojo. He tries to learn some uh, some some, some karate or, or whatever kung fu or something, and like so, like he he basically like dares the the master of the dojo to like punch a hole through the wall, and it turns out there's a massage parlor next door and the uh rub and tug artist looks and says oh master you you're not you're supposed to be here for another you're half early, hour as if that's the way he usually comes into the massage Smashing parlor through, through the wall through the wall nobody's shocked at this <laughs> anyway then they try to like then he tries to like do uh do a strike or something but like his uh his kung fu yeah like actually breaks the um the glass and of the kung fu trophy case and so the master kicks him out and then he like tries to use nunchucks but he smashes a vase then he keeps the nunchucks which so he the, then, yeah the master's yeah. like i'm kicking you out just keep the nunchucks we don't, those are probably yeah. expensive but whatever um, he then so, takes the nunchucks and goes to get some lunch to go practice in a closet yeah no. he almost like gets arrested big f yeah. you yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, hurt yourself, yourself. yeah yeah, he almost gets arrested for having a weapon, which is the nunchucks on his person. But he's like, no, no, these are just my, my chopsticks. I'm a big eater. And then, like, he gets fried chicken from this, like, chicken shack, and he uses the the nunchucks as chopsticks to eat, like, a chicken yeah, leg. It's pretty pimping. And then he, like, licks the chopsticks and goes, like, he goes, it's chopstick licking good. Oh, God. <laughs> How did I miss that part? Yeah. And then, uh, and then he walks into a convenience store, and he well, there's a robbery accidentally foils a robbery. Yeah, he, he swings around the uh, the nunchucks, and he knocks out the guy that's robbing the place and himself in the he process. He knocks himself out, too. Um, and then the shop owner is like, you should have seen this guy when the news shows up. He's amazing. And then they take a photo and put it on the cover of the paper. He becomes a hero, kind of a local hero, and that's when uh, the cop lady... Yes, comes and gives him a... says, like, oh, I'll be... Your girlfriend will go steady. I'll give you a necklace, and as long as you wear this, I won't sleep with any other men. And he says, "Oh, I won't sleep with any other man either." Yeah. <laughs> oh, and another instance where he goes away, like kind of, you know, the badass that he thinks, or the badass that he's assumed to be. Uh, remember when after one of those, after the karate lesson or whatever, um, he's in the alleyway and those guys come up to him. And he basically says, you know, we shouldn't be fighting. Oh, We're it's, a, it's both, an ancient, uh, ancient, uh, some he, Kung Fu code. Kung Fu code, where we, uh, if we train under the same master, because, like, uh, the, like, this gang approaches him, and one guy's like, I train under Master Wong or something. And he's like, oh, I also train under Master Wong. And according to the ancient Kung Fu, I'm trying so hard not to do a bad Asian accent. I know, right but they, now. they are doing it throughout yeah. the film. Like, uh, oh, there's Even that, he puts it on. Yeah. He's like, hello, every <laughs> single time. As, which as is, <laughs> he goes on he gets worse and worse but he uh, he says like oh yeah the ancient kung fu code that we can't like fight if we're from the same master and then this other guy's like well i'm from master yang and blah blah blah. and then he's like great then you guys can fight and I then say, uh, the guy's yeah. like master yang's a pussy and then, yeah. and then, and they, then fight. they fight and then yeah, he runs so away he sets them against each other and runs away he's using his cleverness he said this yeah, is one of the instances where he remembers his uh yeah. what his old man taught and he gets flashbacks yeah. every now yeah. and then when he's like in a situation like that he goes back to his the wise and then there's the flashback grandpa. the stock flashback cue music yeah, yeah. the gong wong mm-hmm. um like Yep. So after the the foiled robbery, that's when he kind of becomes famous. That's when the cop lady comes and 
gives him the necklace, which is actually a secret transmitter of... Because uh, they know he works for the Mafia, and they know yeah. the Mafia is about to send him on a cross-country trek with some flour, because he's AKA the chef, cocaine, yeah. which is actually just cocaine. And, and the Mafia is sending him and Freddy because they don't trust Big Al, who is another mafioso that is... Fat plot- Al. Fat, Fat Al. Al. Who is plotting with Margot Hemingway to overthrow the West Coast Italian Mafia and like usurp or usurp them? Sorry, not she's overthrow. also really good at kung fu. Yeah. Like most people in the film are good yeah. at kung fu, just not the Asian. Just not the actual Asian character, which is smart. Which is yeah, yeah. funny. It's a funny yeah. little gag. It's a little, nice little trope. So Bruce and Freddie decide to take it because they're going to New York, and Bruce is like excited, like oh, I get to go to New York. I get to meet the woman that my grandfather told me about. So they hop in a car, and it becomes basically proto-Green Book, as uh, both yes. Bill and Kit said. <laughs> it's very much Green Book, with yep. Viggo Mortensen being played by the... Uh, by by uh, Ralph Marrow. Yeah. Um, and I guess Mahershala Ali was portrayed by... Uh, what's his name? By uh, Elliot... Uh, no, no, Elliot's it? the director. Um, Johnny Yoon? Johnny Yoon, yeah. 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 Um, so they go first to Las Vegas, where... Uh, then we've got the stereotypical Jewish gangsters. Too. Oh, yeah. uh, got the, <laughs> They're lighting the, a menorah. The yeah. menorah and the, They're wearing yarmulkes. Uh, remember to, remind me to call my mother later. Tuesday. All this, yeah. yeah. <laughs> all this nonsense. And uh, so they go. They have their meeting with their... The, oh, yeah, they're eating, a, eating bagels as well. Yeah, they're yeah. eating bagels, yeah, late at night. <laughs> Why not? Because they're Jewish, guys. Come on. So um, they made plans to get in on this action, and uh, they said, remi- one of them said, remind me to call my mother on Tuesday as he bites into his bagel. Right. So good. Um, Over so- candlelight. Lots of shenanigans happen in Vegas. Yeah. I don't know. We don't, we don't have to get into every <laughs> no, no, single no, no, plot no, no, point. No, no. Basically, uh, like the funniest thing in this is that somehow Margot Hemingway and Bruce wind up back in Bruce's hotel room. He wins a bunch of He's money. He's taking on the, a shower uh, for some pot. reason, and she's trying to. That was so funny too. Oh, when he won his um. The guy who's driving along this journey, Freddie. Freddie is too funny. Like yeah, he, Freddie, Freddie hires me. a prostitute and gets a room. Uh, leaving Bruce to his own devices. Yeah, and Bruce meets Margot Hemingway, and Margot Hemingway helps him win some cash from a slot machine. Then they go back to Bruce's room where he's taking a shower for some reason, and Margot Hemingway's trying to steal the cocaine, but then his is the, the cop, cop lady. lady. Well, I name, can't remember her name. I don't think we got a character name. We did get a character name. I just we don't did, remember just it. just can't remember it, yeah. I think it was Blondie, Linda, Blondie Linda Laura, something like that. It was an yeah, L name. Um, so she breaks up, and they get into a huge fight, and then, of course, Freddie in the other room is like, Oh my God! Yeah, they, Bruce they, is an animal. He's, yeah, because they're all screaming and screeching as women do when they fight each other. Apparently, he's freaking out from the other room, listening in, and it's just hilarious. It's hilarious. And the best thing is when the prostitute turns and is like, "You should go talk to your friend Bruce. You could learn a thing or two from him." And I'll give him a discount. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then of course, like he gets goes into the room. Bruce is in his towel, like, and the two women are knocked out in bed, and he's just in like, bed somehow. They both got yeah. under the covers. They and, were like, fighting so and hard. And Freddie comes in. He's like, "Enough! Enough! Stop it! I can't take it anymore." And then he whips off the car. He's like, two broads? What's wrong with you? And Bruce is like, there's more girls coming. And then Freddy's like, out, out. And then they like. Oh, he gets them out. He like shreds that blanket to pieces. He's so worked up. It's hilarious. Yeah. And then from there, they like hit the road the next day. They go to, I guess, Texas. And this is where they're like, there's some weird cowboy shenanigans. Like there's a, they go to a, a country bar. They get into a bar fight. They can like apparently this bar in Texas sell like actually serves sake, which everyone else is kind. Of, and then there's that dragon that bursts through the wall for some reason that never. Oh gets god, that, that never made any sense to me. It got really wild. The movie gets really wild. All of a sudden, I thought we were in a commercial, and a <laughs> dragon. Yeah, there's this an whole, actual fire breathing dragon comes through the wall. Uh, yeah, they got the sake. 
Um, oh, and then he's talking to the other guy, and he's like, like "I like sushi," and he's and like, like, "This Susie? is my girl named my Susie." My girl's name is Susie. Oh, you like sushi too? I had sushi last night. I like to eat sushi morning. <laughs> <laughs> you, so so you things get don't the idea. things don't end up well for Bruce here. So they get into a big bar fight. The police come, and also both Margot Hemingway and Cop Lady show up, and they get into a huge kung fu fight. There's all kinds of shenanigans. Then um, Bruce, Freddie, and all the cowboys wind up in jail. And it's at this point that, like, the people are, the cowboys are complaining about the jail food. And Bruce is like, well, I can cook you some good pasta. I'll just use some of my special flour. And Freddie's like, no, please don't do that. That's not because it's cocaine. And then they get into an argument. And apparently there's, like, a, a like a standing fan in the, uh, the jail prison cell. And they rip open the bag of cocaine. And the fan blows it all over everybody in the jail. And everybody comes, like, Everyone, super nice. Yeah, like, apparently it's, like, ecstasy, actually, not, yeah. not, uh, not cocaine. So everyone just gets really, like, lovey-dovey and, like, oh, let's go for a drive. So, like... And the, the prison guard sets them all free. <laughs> yeah. Prison guard takes Bruce, Freddy, and the cowboys they were in a fight with on, like, this, like, road trip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so then they wind up, after that, uh, going to Chicago, I believe it is. Yeah, I think they make it to Chicago. Where there's this weird, weird hitman who, like, uses all these phrases, like, and that's for... Scotland Yard and that's for something and, he, and then he makes a bunch of <coughs> dodgy roots references yeah yeah which, which, which did not we age repeat. no and he's oh, whipping yeah. a mannequin yeah. as well oh, yeah. Yeah, we're not, we're he, not gonna get into uh, that he's showing what he's gonna do to Bruce and <laughs> it's pretty funny like <laughs> he's showing them all these different ways that he'll kill them and he gets really into it and uh, like weirdly too sweatily it. too into it like I don't know. It's I'm guessing character. that was a reference to something from pop culture that I don't know about. Yeah, just of its time, like, yeah. like the Roots references, because everybody watched that Roots, on TV. yeah, in the '70s. Yeah, '79, I think it was mm-hmm. when it aired, so it was relatively new. It's kind of like in Top Secret, the joke about the Ford Pinto exploding, because I was like, yeah, eh? and apparently that was a thing. Like Ford Pintos, if they got rear-ended, would catch fire. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like the air- <laughs> airplane referenced all the airport movies. Yeah, Who watches which, the airport movies I know. now? Who watches Airport 76 anymore? Or Airport 79. Or 77. How many airport movies were there? A there were lot. like four or five. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. They don't sound very exciting. Yeah. Airport. That's not where fun things happen. No, it's because shit's going down. Um, <laughs> I still love the one. I think it was Airport 76 where Jack Lemmon is like in the movie and he's hosting the trailer like, so I bet you've already seen Airport and Airport 71 and Airport 73 and Airport 74. But you definitely haven't heard airport seen Airport seventy six. In this movie, an airplane clips the edge of a uh, of a oil drilling. Uh, what's the thing out in the ocean when it drills oil? Uh, an oil, oil oil rig. rig yeah, it hit. It clips an oil rig in the wing. It sinks down to the bottom of the ocean, and they're still alive because the cabin's pressurized, so there's oxygen. And then they have to use airbags to float them to the surface. That wouldn't work. I know it doesn't work at all, but like Jack Lemmon sold it like a champion. Yeah, my coworker who has seen the airport movies, he said that there actually is a guitar playing nun in I think Airport seventy nine. Nice, and that inspired the guitar playing nun in, in yeah. the airplane. Uh, um, so where are we in the film now? Oh yeah, so they go to Chicago where there's actually like the Chicago branch of the mob is actually or of uh, the Italian mob is actually very. Asian centric. It's, like, it's a massage parlor. It's like but an it's Asian Japanese because it's yeah, like yeah, it's, it's, it's the, yeah. There's like they, the kimonos yeah, and, the, and the samurai swords. And he even says like I was a samurai warrior once. And they're like, why'd you quit? Because of union issues or something. And then and, he sees a he, he sees a fly and he's like I'll get that fly. And he like swings the samurai sword around. And he like I thought they were just hosting him. 
At, that could, yeah, that's probably it. Yeah, yeah, I thought they were just hosting him at some spa place. And he inadvertently stabs the assassin. He kills the assassin, and then he puts a sword, and then the, one of the girls is like, yeah, but the fly is still alive. And he's like, yeah, but he'll never make love again. <laughs> and they all chuckle. <laughs> <laughs> he cut his wiener off. Apparently. Oh, that's brilliant. Oh, man. Oh, fun times. Um, um, yeah, he inadvertently kills them. They never even know that there's a hitman after them. Uh, he just kills them. Yep. Just like he did with the fly. Yeah. Um, um, at this point, Margot Hemingway is actually able to steal the coke. She does it successfully yeah, yeah, somehow. Yeah, she does it this time. Uh, and we never see her again. Yeah, yeah, we don't, do we? Yep, that's it. She vanishes. She replaces <laughs> it with actual flour. Then they get to New York, and they finally like meet the, the James Bond villain... And the the guy, the, the main uh, mob boss, uh, who, by the way, at the start of the film was eating fish on the phone. They had to listen to him on the teleconference. He, he like was, pulled a goldfish out of the tank. He was petting a white cat, and he pulled a goldfish out of the fish tank beside him and ate a fish and said, "Very this noisily is the last too. thing I'll eat. The next thing I'll be eating is your corpse or something." Yeah, some some yeah. weird shit like that. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, they finally meet him, and he's not pleasant in person either. Um, <laughs> beard looks even faker. <laughs> beard looks even faker. Like dyed um, astroturf. Yeah, I thought that'd become a bit where it blows off at a certain point, but no, 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 that didn't. That's go not for that. Karate Warrior Six. Yeah, Karate Warrior Six. Um, and uh, they, they, he gets his guy to test the test the flower, and meanwhile, the uh, uh, of course Bruce is all like, "You don't need this guy to test the flower. I'm Chinese. I'm cook. Chinese. I, I can know tell flour. you it's good flour. And he like tastes part of the flour." And then the, the scientific guy's like, well, it's definitely flour of a very high grade. It's 100% flour. That and, guy's not lying. And the, the evil bad guy says, like, are you sure? And he's like, yes, I'm sure. He's like, get out of here. And then a fight breaks out. Uh, he's going to kill those two, but then a fight breaks out. Uh, they throw the flour at them. Yeah. Freddy and Bruce manage to escape. They, like, split up when they run. They basically some good location shots of, like, I guess the Brooklyn Bridge. Like, they, yeah. they, even though the film's not really, I don't think any of the film was actually shot in Manhattan. There, I think it was shot in, like, uh, Staten Island and probably some Brooklyn pre way pre-gentrification. Um, and then from there, what happens next? Uh, they, they go into a black church. No, no, no. Oh, no, no, no. no. Uh, Before that. They go to the the Heratorium. Yeah, because the, they split up. So he loses. Um, Freddy. Freddy. Who's like I, I kind of a mix between Kevin Polak and uh, uh, John John Casale? Uh, I thought kind of like a perfect mix between yeah. those two. I can see that a little he's more Kevin Polak. A little bit more Kevin Polak. He's Pollock, another yeah. stuff, right? That guy, Freddie. Yeah, that's Ralph Morrow. He's been in so many things. Yeah, he's, he's a, a lot of television. Yeah. Um, so we lose him, and then uh, Bruce is just on his own. He tries to hide in a, uh, a wig shop. With hilarious results, because he's wearing results. like a yellow wig and a, and a kimono. He pretends to be a man mannequin. And and every time the guy like goes then down, the bad like, guys come in and they're looking for him. Have you seen, have you seen an Oriental man in here? And then uh, I don't know the the shopkeeper. He's yeah. not giving him up. No, and I calls him out for his use of the term, the term Oriental. Oriental. Yeah, again, this film is like kind of progressive in a way. <laughs> Well, not really. <laughs> I, said, I said kinda. Kinda. Well, it's like self-aware. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It, yeah, it's aware mm -hmm. of aware of those things. Yeah, what? that's for sure. Yeah. yeah. So then he runs away into a church where everyone, uh, the minister still, calls him still sister. wearing his yellow wig. He's got a big, like, yeah. yellow afro wig on mm -hmm. uh, and some sort of dress. And this, then the preacher keeps calling him sister and, like, <laughs> what do you want? It's like, broads or something. The most important thing in life is still broads. And then they take well, he's the... Like, uh, he's like, I'm looking for a man. What man? His, oh. his name's Freddy or something like that. Yeah. They're like, oh, don't you mean Jesus? 
everywhere. <laughs> and then he takes the wig off of him, and they all start chanting Mooney at him. And I'm like, I have no idea what this reference is. And too. then uh, could, Phil and I had to Phil and Phil in, yeah, something about a Chinese cult or an Asian cult. It was something. a Korean cult, I believe. Hmm. Uh, well, Korean Christian because cult. Johnny Yoon is uh, is Korean. Yeah, so uh, they called it because the last name was Moon, the surname was Moon. Um, or it wouldn't be the surname. It works differently in Korea. But whatever. Um, and they were called them Moonies, and they did mass weddings and stuff. And it's a reference that pretty much died in the 80s. I think I heard it in a few Simpsons episodes. Well, there's Harry Krishnas in this film, too. Yeah, there are Harry Krishnas. Yeah, pseudo Harry mm-hmm. Krishnas. Yeah, they're undercover cops. That yeah. had a really funny gag, though, when like they pulled off their bald caps, and one guy pulled off his bald cap, and it was still bald underneath. <laughs> it was still bald underneath. That was funny. <laughs> um, it's like an early Hot Shots gag or something. Yeah. Um, so then they rush, he runs out of the church and he runs into Freddy who then runs into a gang and they try to, how do I explain this without sounding really, really awful? Um, oh, the jive talk. The he's jive, got a jive talk. I don't know where it comes mama. from. It's like a little book that he's little got. Hand book, phrase yeah. book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How to talk jive by your mama or something like yeah. that. And they eventually like wind up being like, okay with the gang. And they wind up staying at this weird hotel with a lot of, uh, Sex paraphernalia. Yep, and lots then, of, yeah. And then uh, Pam Huntington, who plays uh, Bruce's cop lady love interest, knocks at the door, and she's like, hey, by the way, I'm a cop, and uh, we know what's up, and we need you to bust this big guy. We'll give Freddy amnesty. All you got to do is help us. And Freddy and Bruce, to their credit, decide, yeah, we're going to help the police. We're going to put this bad guy away. So they do. There's a fight scene that breaks out, and at this point, Bruce actually does do some like kicks and punches. And this is where Bruce finds out that he's had coke in his trunk the whole time, and he's kind of like shocked. He's by upset. It. See. So she says, "This is your chance to rid the world, basically, of this drug." And so he's like, "Yeah, I gotta do it. Yeah. I gotta do it." I'm he on does. Board. He steps up to the plate, and he, uh, yeah, there's a fight scene, which, Kit, you laughed at because there were federal agents just bursting out of every, like, one thing burst out of a roll of, like, a, Like a full paper. roll of, of paper, and one <laughs> guy just bursts out of it, it which wouldn't be possible, obviously, it was a, a hollow inside, but. Yeah. And, yeah. That's it. That's, that's the end of the movie. Tidy then. little ending there. And then, so, cop oh, lady right, girlfriend right. and little Bruce. Denouement. Yeah, they, they basically, like, are following his grandfather's scrolls, which tell him where to meet this woman that's going to take it's, care of him. He gave him scrolls. That's another yeah. gag, right? And so, the scrolls lead him to Ellis Island, and they look up, and it's like, that's the lady. It's the Statue of Liberty. And it's like, oh, it's America. And she winks at him. Yep. She's going to take care of him. Mm-hmm. Roll credits. Yeah, so the the moral of the story is like that America was going to take care of him as an immigrant. Oh, how far we've changed, fallen. So, guys, without further ado, what are your final thoughts on They Call Me Bruce? Phil? This was a lot of fun. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen a movie so self-aware of mm-hmm. uh, its stereotypes. It simultaneously subverts and really embraces them really beyond the pale but yeah uh, well yeah those those heroes get uh pretty at the end, yeah, he's like come on man he's like you don't have to say that oh he's uh what's Hero? the other one uh i i know how to play brack drag Bra- yeah i can't even do is, it the line is i can't even say brack jack <laughs> it's so bad <laughs> i'm going to hell for even quoting this movie yeah i well that's just an example, I, I, I really right? couldn't uh, the Italian stereotypes, uh, <laughs> the, probably the least problematic parts of the movie, but... Yeah. <laughs> wow. 
You can always do a fake Italian accent. It's never racist. That's, that's the wisdom uh, that nah, I give to you. I think, I think we should, should no. <laughs> <laughs> well, should let's totally not get into this. No, yeah. no, no, no. Uh, Phil, any other final thoughts? Uh, that's pretty much it. Yeah. I enjoyed myself. Kit, what are your final thoughts on They Call Me Bruce? Yeah, I liked it. It was fun. Yeah. Uh, not, you know, hit or miss. Sometimes there were some misses. Mm-hmm. But it had like a like a David Zucker type energy to it, didn't yeah. it? Like a kind of like It a... wasn't as gag a minute, like, like hey, here's a not chicken as much. hitting the wall. But, yeah. but there was definitely like, the world that they existed in was definitely like joke laden, and they managed to trip over most of the jokes. Did a lot of one-liners. We're yep. forgetting all the best ones. We should have. Yeah. Well, I think we maybe said a few of the best ones, but yeah. there were more mm-hmm. uh, to enjoy. So go go check My it out. My favorite moment is like when all the the first time we meet Bruce and he's like like serving spaghetti and meatballs to like all the Italians. Like, Bruce, this is so good. What's so good? At, what, what's in this meat? And he's like, dog. And they all spit it out. And he's like, ha ha, got you. Um, <laughs> no, no, it's it's the it's the uh, the pasta. It's like <laughs> it's right, pasta. right away Bruce has like a sense of humor too, where he's like, dog, and yeah. It's funny. It's Anything good. else, Kit? Uh, uh, what else? No, I guess that's about it. That's uh, mm-hmm. it's a thumbs up for me. Good. I think we've got a consensus here. I think, uh, I think I'm going to give it three out of five. Okay, on but your letterbox to count. Strong, strong mm-hmm. three out of five. Okay, good. What I'm doing right now? <laughs> Are you? Yeah. I would see. I always forget to do that. I've still got to add Monster Dog boxed. on that. Um, Lillian, what are your final thoughts on? I was about to say Monster Dog on. They call me Bruce. Lillian will give us some more thoughts on Monster Dog if you let her. <laughs> um, yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. Like definitely a lot of laugh out loud moments, and yeah, it was. I mean, it was self aware, and we were along for the ride. We were along for the joke and the gags. It was fun. Oh, that's great. Any other thoughts? That's pretty much it. That was good. I enjoyed that. Oh, excellent. Um, I guess for my final thought on it, I uh, yeah, I really enjoy this film. I think it's 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 smarter than it appears to be through its self awareness. Uh, I thought the lead actually had a lot of charm, and I'm kind of bummed that he didn't go on to do anything else. Really, yeah, um, he was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he wrote it, so he kind of knew what was up. Um, yeah, big fan. Along with four other screenwriters. Yeah, that was weird seeing that. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed it. I highly recommend it. I think it's for this day and age a good slice of hey, we can all get along even despite our differences. Um, yeah, and I think it it could lead to some f- like really fun uh, trips down like the well of like what other weird Bruce Lee projects are out there, like No Retreat, No Surrender, or any of the other Bruce Lee like Bruce Blutation films, of which this one really isn't. It just kind of like. It, it just kind of like is it's, the it's American sort of like a, a part of it though yeah like if you, if you want to call it a Bruce Ploitation movie it's, yeah. it's it could fit in there yeah for sure yeah alright guys so that was They Call Me Bruce uh, right. next time we are going to be watching what's, what's the magic Ouija board saying you know I don't know but it's a bit dusty should we just the Ouija board the, the Ouija board Ouija board Ouija Squeegee board. <laughs> uh, so next week we are going to watch, or whenever we record again, that's for long time listeners only. By the way, yeah, we we ditched the VG board concept on episode ten. <laughs> back back in twenty seventeen, I don't think we've mentioned it. Pamela Voorhees, the trash panda. It got oh, lost yeah. in the fire. I forgot about Pamela. It got Voorhees. lost in the fire, and uh, I mean, it's nice that we could still be here in the abandoned video store with no roof. <laughs> Oh, that old chestnut, yeah. I forgot about the abandoned video store. And Pamela Voorhees, the trash panda. 
Aww. Who lives uh, here still? No. Turbulence is still kicking around. Graham did not eat her. We ate her together, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, the barbecue. So, for the next episode, I've figured out what we're going to be doing. We are going to be watching the one... Are we embarking on a theme, or... Uh... We gotta get onto a theme soon. I kinda wanna do... You wanna freefall? Nah, the next one's gonna be a freefall. We're gonna be doing... The next film we're gonna be doing is our first black exploitation film. Ooh. It stars the one, the only, Rudy Ray Moore. Hell yeah. We are doing Disco Godfather. Yes. <laughs> King... All right, so with all that being said, for Death by Video, I've been Phil. I've been Kit. I've been Lil. And I'm still Graham, saying please be sure to rewind. We'll see you next time. Keep watching amazing movies. Good night. Keep those bell bottoms on. Yeah. Everybody was kung fu They fought with expert timing There were funky Chinamen From funky Chinatown They were chopping them up They were chopping them down It's an ancient Chinese art And everybody knew their part From a fainting to a slip And a kicking from the hip Everybody was Kung Fu Oh, <laughs>